0: everyone, welcome to the next episode of Words About Biology. Um, like I hinted at last episode, today I'm going to be talking about the new trade agreement between the US, Canada and Mexico, and specifically about how this affects the Canadian dairy market. So at the end of September, President Trump, Prime Minister Trudeau, and President Pena Nieto got together to essentially establish a new version of the NAFTA agreement and this is called the United States-Mexico-Canada agreement now. Um, They came to an agreement, this agreement on September 30th and it's currently pending ratification to come into full effect. So people are also referring to it as NAFTA 2.0. I'm not sure why they felt the need to change the name of it, but it is the new NAFTA agreement, or the USMCA agreement. And there's been a bit of uproar, I guess, in Canada, specifically with dairy farmers, in regards to how this new agreement is affecting the US's access to the Canadian dairy market that being that it has increased with this new agreement. So Canadians are going to be seeing more American dairy products on their shelves in the grocery stores. Now, the main issue with this is that there are differences between the regulations on giving hormones to dairy cows between Canada and the U.S. Specifically, there is concern over the use of RBST. Now, RBST stands for recombinant bovine somatotrophin. And so, bovine somatotrophin is a hormone that's produced by the cow's pituitary glands, and it plays a role in regulating metabolic processes. The fact that it is recombinant means it is synthetically produced. So, BST was shown to increase milk production in dairy cattle in the 1930s but it wasn't being produced commercially at that time so what they used it for was to help with food shortages during World War II improving dairy production in that time to help feed people in the late 1970s and early 1980s there were two companies Genentech and Monsanto that developed a synthetic version of BST or RBST which became commercially available and known as POSILAC. And this product was approved in the U.S. by the FDA in 1993. So a study done in 2007, um, a survey of cattle in the U.S. showed that about 17% of U.S. cows are being given RBST to increase their milk production. And they can see increases by as much as 16%. Now, I know some of the concerns with giving hormones to our food production animals are in the realm of, so how much of that hormone is getting into the product and are we as humans ingesting them and then how is that affecting us? That is not the case with RBST. In fact, there are a number of organizations that have independently stated that both dairy products and meat from RBST treated cows are safe for human consumption. And these organizations include the FDA, the World Health Organization, and the National Institutes of Health. Additionally, there is no scientific proof that it's dangerous for humans to consume RBST dairy products. So we're not seeing any negative effects in humans from consuming these products. The pushback on RBST is more from the animal welfare side of things. Treating cows with RBST has been associated with mastitis, so inflammation of the mammary tissue, foot disorders, and reproductive problems. So in the 90s, Canada did consider um, approving RBST for use in their animals, but in order to make their decision, they put together a panel of experts. Um, This was done by the Canadian Veterinary Medical Association in a response to a request from Health Canada. And what these experts did was put together a meta-analysis. So they gathered information from a number of studies using RBST in dairy cows and analyzed them all together. And I'll put a link to this meta-analysis up on the blog so you guys can look at it yourselves. So it later was published in 2003 in the Canadian Journal of Veterinary Research. It's by Doohu and colleagues. And the title of the paper is A Meta-Analysis Review of the Effects of Recombinant Bovine Somatotropin, Effects on Animal Health, Reproductive Performance, and Culling. In this meta-analysis, they looked at 53 different manuscripts and reports, and these were submitted to Health Canada from Monsanto, and from these 53 documents they looked at a total of 546 outcome parameter estimates from 94 groups of cows. So this was the data set that they looked at to draw their conclusions on RBST and ultimately come to the decision of whether or not it should be approved for use in Canada. So from this data, they determined that by using RBST, it increases the risk of mastitis in your cows by 25%. It increases the risk of a cow failing to conceive by 40% and it increases the risk of developing lameness by 55%. I think these numbers are pretty significant and could absolutely affect the earnings of each farm and that's ignoring what you value your cow's health at. Dairy cattle are only really profitable if they're getting pregnant and going through the cycles of lactation. So if you have a 40% increase of a cow failing to conceive, that is a increase in your days open and a decreased lifetime productivity from that animal. There weren't a lot of studies that they included that reported culling, so removing the animal from the herd, but for the few that did, there was an increased risk of culling when using RBST. In my opinion these drawbacks of RBST are significant and I think that Health Canada made the right decision in banning its use in Canada. While you may see the increase in milk production I don't think that it is worth risking the health of your animals for this increase. But that being said these products will be coming into the Canadian dairy market. So as a consumer how do you make your choices? If you're in Canada and you think the use of RBST is going to influence your buying habits, what you're going to want to look for is that blue and white Dairy Farmers of Canada logo. This logo ensures that the product was made in Canada from Canadian dairy cows and therefore milk that was produced without the use of RBST if you're in the US and you're worried about buying RBST dairy products there are a number of products that are labeled as RBST free so that can help you make your decision I want to also note here that I think the labeling in the US is a little bit sneaky Because while some products are labeled as RBST-free, there tends to be a little asterisk beside that label. And if you follow that down to the small print, it specifically says that RBST has been shown to not have a detrimental effect on human health. Which is true, however, it's kind of missing the issue with RBST, which is the detriment to the animal's health, not the human health. So while both RBST and RBST-free products will be available in both the US and Canada, it's up to you as the consumer to decide what you want to support and what kind of products you want to buy. With that, I'm going to call that an episode. i know a little short this week, but I think I covered all my bases on this one. Um, As always, if there's a topic that you want to know more about, feel free to contact me. Um, You can do so by commenting on the blog, commenting on the Instagram, or commenting on Twitter. And I'll make an effort to um, either do an episode about your topic, if it's a really good one, or mention it at the beginning of another episode, if it's just something quick to be covered. The website for the blog is wordsaboutbiology.wordpress.com. On Instagram, it's wordsaboutbiology, and on Twitter, it's wordsaboutbio. I hope to have you guys here for the next episode. As always, stay interested in science and keep learning. Have a good week, guys.